0: Jeremiah's letter in Jeremiah 29 became the blueprint for how you live in an exile world.
1: Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue the message, Truth and Love. Pastor Jeff is preaching from Daniel and Jeremiah, giving us some pointers to help us draw those who are far from God, nearer to Him. God wants us to show others what it's like to be the people of God and so help society to reimagine itself more in God's image.
0: What we need is a revival of purity and repentance. What we need is a church to say, enough is enough. I've been sucked into the mold of the world and I'm not just going to come to church and smile and sing my songs. I'm actually going to change the way I'm living.
1: This is Today with Jeff Bynes, and we're continuing the message, Truth and Love.
0: Now, Hananiah is presenting this message to the people of God. And in the midst of this, Jeremiah, the true prophet of God, living back in Judah, he writes a letter to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and everyone living in an exilic community. And he says, don't listen to Hananiah. This is what the word of the Lord is. Now, remember, Jeremiah is the true prophet of God. And Jeremiah's letter in Jeremiah 29 became the blueprint for how you live in an exile world. I'm going to read it again. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Now, this would have been absolutely shocking, unbelievably counterintuitive. Jeremiah says, don't withdraw. Don't pray that God would punish them. Don't wish destruction upon the city. Don't rejoice in their downfall. Can I just stop there? Okay, we're going to get personal. How many of you wish something bad would happen to Hillary Clinton? How many of you wish that something bad would happen to Donald Trump? How many of you wish that something bad would happen to CNN or Fox or MSNBC? See, you you got a problem. The information we're given is that God doesn't work that way. He says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Should Be praying for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Do you want to understand the book of Daniel as we go deeper into it? Then it begins by understanding Jeremiah 29 and the blueprint for living in a Christian or Western rather society. How do we live a life of integrity that mirrors the message of God in a world that is hostile toward God? Now, ultimately, here's what we learned quickly. Three powerful truths. This is the blueprint. I think the first thing God would say to us today is chill. Chill. I got this. Love. Plant some gardens. Take a wife. Take a husband. Go to school. I got this. Pray. Three things. Number one, remind yourself what God is doing. History is about redemption. Redeeming man is God's ultimate priority. Helping people far from God come near is your calling. So what God is saying is, this Babylonian takeover is all part of my plan. Could you imagine the Israelites hearing that? What? The destruction of Jerusalem and your exile? Saw it coming, didn't stop it. It's part of my plan that you lost cultural power, Christians. It's part of my plan that you're living in a pagan, wicked city. It's part of my plan to use you for purposes of redemption. I need you to help this pagan society reimagine itself. And I can't do that if you separate from them and pray for their destruction. You know, my father told me once, be careful that you pray for for people's destruction. Be careful for praying that God would bring destruction on injustice because you might be the first one he takes out. I remember my dad saying that a long time ago. God is saying to his people, you're having to live as believers in an unbelieving world. It's part of my plan. I designed this. Now move in there. Don't stay away. Show them what it's like to be the people of God. Let them see your holiness and purity, your grace and your mercy, your kindness. Let them see your determination to make this place a place of prosperity. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So if we're doing our job, that means our schools are going to be better. Our city's going to be better. Poverty should decrease. Prosperity should increase. We don't snipe from the bushes, man. We infiltrate and permeate. We plant. You know what we do? We build care centers. We improve schools. And we plant spiritual gardens. Now, here's the second thing. Refuse to believe that the only choices you have are separation or assimilation. These are two important words. The false prophets say, separate, because if you don't, you'll become like them, you'll assimilate. If you don't completely withdraw from these pagans, if you'll start to think like them, talk like them, walk like them, pursue what they pursue, live how they live, worship their gods, you need to quarantine because they're contagious. Like most Christians treat their unsaved neighbors. Come on, there you go. What do, what do Christian parents do? Don't go to those neighbor kids. You know, stay away from those evil people. And Somewhere along the line as a Christian, you're supposed to realize you're evil too. You've just been saved by grace. And people say, well, I, I pray for justice. Really? You want justice is what you want? No, I think you want grace. I don't think you want Justice. God says there are more than just those two options. He says, increase in number there, do not decrease. Important phrase. What he's saying is don't just blend in. Don't become like them. Don't lose your identity. Don't become Babylonians. Know your number. Know who you are. Stay in a covenant relationship and increase. And in heaven's name, don't assimilate. Don't become like them. But in heaven's name, don't separate. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters and seek the prosperity of the city. Move in there. Be deeply involved in the city, economically, culturally, socially. Raise your family in the city, but live distinctively as my people. Listen, you know what he's asking them to do? He's asking them to be spiritually bicultural. I want you to move into the city of man, but remain citizens of the city of God. I don't want you to love me and hate the city or love the city and forget me. I want you to love both. Don't assimilate, but don't separate. The third word we've talked about, but permeate. Integrate deeply into the culture while keeping your identity. All right, so here's the the real problem then. Well, how is the church the problem? The real problem is not the impurity of the world. The real problem is the impurity of the church. There's no distinction anymore. Now, originally, the gospel, not only originally, but now today, the gospel was supposed to be a powerful force where the Holy Spirit of God comes into the life of the believer. And as he comes into your life, there's supposed to be this dramatic transformation that enables you not to be perfect. I mean, you wish you could be. And every time I use Play-Doh, I can never get it out. Every But that we're trying to be. So here's, I like to use this illustration. So let's say this is the world represented by the green, okay? The earth, everything in it. And what's supposed to happen is the church is supposed to infiltrate the world, So that when you mix it together, see, we're not outside. We're not separated from it. We go right in the middle of it. So that all through every aspect of the world, cultural, socially, politically, everything, there's these Christian, see that? You see little Christian context and Christian influence and you see benevolence, you see compassion. What happens though is generation by generation, if the church doesn't maintain its purity, that over time, the world is so overpowering that it covers completely any purity, any goodness, any compassion to where what was once church becomes filled completely with the impurities of the world and the church can no longer be seen. The real problem, the real problem is not the impurity of the world. And so the scriptures ask you, this is a good time for you to take some inventory. Have you assimilated into the world. Folks, if I follow you around for a couple of weeks of your life and I don't see any difference in you that I would in someone who's not a Christ follower, that is a significant problem. If I, okay, I don't want to get legalistic. That's not my point here. We're saved by grace through faith. I got it. So don't think, but if you go to the same movies everybody else goes to and you do the same thing that everybody else does and you read the same stuff that everybody else reads and you watch the same stuff on television everybody else watches and you, you don't have a sense of, of character in you that would stand out that would be different without you having to say a word, if there isn't some sense of integrity and honesty and character in you, if you're just, look, if there's no distinction in you, then the problem is that you don't have a message There is no message because there's no transformation. There's nothing God has done that's so supernatural in your life as to compel people to look at you and say, he's different, she's different, which means you moved into Babylon. You did the first thing right, but the second thing you messed up. You became a Babylonian. Are you different? Really different? And if you're not, that's a problem. But for some of you, you've done both. You've assimilated, and yet you've separated yourself too. So in other words, you're just like the world, but to make things worse, you live in holy huddles. So even if you do have a dramatic transformation, nobody ever sees it because you, you live your life like my church, my early church, my first church taught me to live. You don't, there's no one life in your life. You're, you're not investing in anybody far from God. There's no intentionality in your life to share Christ. The Matthew party that we talked about a few weeks ago, you would never even think of that. And a thing that ran through this church a few years ago was direction, not intention determines destination. So you can tell me that you want to change the world all you want, but if there's not intentionality in your life, when you say, this is how I'm going to do it, it, look, we did the Matthew party sermon, but if you don't start planning that, it's never going to happen. If you don't start planning how it is that you're going to have a relationship with somebody far from God and over time, be able to bring them close to God, it's never going to happen because the flow of the world is powerful. The natural flow of the world, the stream of the world will suck you into it and you can't get out of it without great intentionality. You've got to decide to swim upstream. You've got to go against the grain. And the problem with the West is not the impurity of the world. It's always been there. The problem is the church and its impurity
1: This is Today with Jeff Vines, and Pastor Jeff is bringing us a message about what God asked of Daniel in the time of King Nebuchadnezzar. God asked him to permeate Babylonian society without becoming a Babylonian, to remain faithful to God and love and invest in his society without becoming a product of it, to retain integrity as a believer. Pastor Jeff has the same challenge for us. Let's continue now.
0: The problem with the West is not the impurity of the world. It's always been there. The problem is the church and its impurity. There's no distinction. So, you know, I would ask you questions like, are you sexually pure? Do you maintain that sex is in the confines of marriage the way God designed? Or have you just been sucked into the mold of the world? They tell us that 75% of all men are addicted to pornography or about to be addicted to pornography. That's pretty sad. Are are you like that? You have an addiction in here that's destroying you? See, what we need is a revival of purity and repentance. What we need is the church to say, enough is enough. I've been sucked into the mold of the world. And I'm not just going to come to church and smile and sing my songs. I'm actually going to change the way I'm living. If you don't change the way you're living... Yeah, you may still go to heaven. I can't be your judge there. You're saved by grace through faith, but I can tell you this. But there's a problem if we're not used by God through some kind of distinction. We live in this society, and we're supposed to remind ourselves of what God is doing, and we're supposed to refuse to believe that the only choices we have is separation and assimilation, that we can actually permeate society. But that requires you to be different and live a, a godly life. Stop using grace as an excuse to sin against God. And finally, third, we're supposed to rejoice in the prosperity of the city. This is hard for some to recognize. He says, pray for, become an active part in God blessing the ba-. So in other words, God wants to bless us, but it happens through the blessings of the city. And the city is blessed when there's a march toward holiness. But there's only a march toward holiness when you and I are praying for revival and changing the way we live. It's easy to snipe from the bushes and talk about how bad the world is and how bad the West is and oh, it's horrible and to hide ourselves away. But the Bible tells us in Jeremiah twenty nine seven, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray, seek peace, prosperity. Pray the city would prosper. And the word peace there is the word shalom, which is more than a greeting. It's total well being, multidimensional well being, blessing, fulfillment, spiritual, physical, even material well being, economic well being. We're supposed to be praying that there's an economic blessing on this nation and on our valley because of our presence here. Go in there and make it a better place. Let the Babylonians see what happens when the people of God move into the city of man. Oh, that's a great line, isn't it? Let, the people, let them see what happens when the people of God move into the city of man, economically, socially, spiritually. There should be prosperity. So if our neighborhoods are falling apart, It's not because there's evil in the neighborhoods. It's because there's a lack of holiness in the church. Jeremiah says, love the city of man for the sake of the city of God. And this became a blueprint. Now, just quickly, one more thing. Let me tell you as we get into Daniel how seriously Daniel took this blueprint. Because think about Daniel. He's he's completely monotheistic. He stayed true to God. He's utterly committed to the exclusive sovereign God of the Bible No idolatry in his life. One God. He says, I will not defile myself with the king's food. I will never bow down to another God. And then he goes away and he learns the ways of Babylon so that he can explain the ways of God. How did Daniel get into this position that he's in? He is extremely high in civil service. The wise men run everything. He's part of that group, which meant that when he went to Babylon and he was carted off with the wise men, he would have to go through an entire liberal arts education. So to get where Daniel is, he would have had to study Babylonian culture, enchantment, magic, divination, astrology, the practice of which was an abomination to God. For Daniel to study this and not be tainted by it meant three things. He had a strong foundation In biblical principles, he had a strong relationship with God, which happens in prayer meetings and worship sessions of your own. And third, this is the big one. He had a strong accountability and community. Who was Daniel's community? Who was in Daniel's community group? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't survive that kind of culture in isolation. Daniel is a believer who mastered that stuff, living and working at the highest level in Babylonian culture. Pagan culture, but living life distinctively as a believer in God, the God of the Bible. So he takes his abilities and his giftings, he contextualizes them and infiltrates culture and ended up bringing redemption to it. Chapter three and four, he actually ended up lightening the load of a pagan king. And the reason is his blueprint was Jeremiah 29 and the rest of us are locked into assimilation or separation. One more time, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, folks, now is our time. This is it. Oh man, it just came to my mind. Kenny Loggins, this is it. I should have copied those lyrics down. That was a great song, was it? Great song. This is our time. This is the time. We need people in every profession in every sector of the marketplace to be intentional about being salt and light in their spheres of influence. We have professionals all in. In God's mind, a pastor in the kingdom of God is no greater than a politician who's working in the city of man for the kingdom of God. You see what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are, making everything we touch for the sake of the city, man, of, the city of man and the city of God, everything that we touch should, make, should be better whether you're blue-collar, white-collar, or even no-collar, whoever you are. But to do this, folks, we're on the cusp. We've got to be unified in our desire to permeate our world. We've got to all be in. The Bible says a house divided will not stand. We cannot be divided. We've got to go in force together. When I think of what God is doing, I just got back from Australia You say, what are you doing over there again? I don't think you realize the relationships that we're building with key churches all over the world who believe in one hope, one life in Christ who love this DNA, who are coming alongside of us. We are building this conglomerate of leaders across the land to infiltrate, to permeate our world, to not snipe from the bushes, but equip our people, the people of God, to go out and change communities in the world. But everybody has to be on board. Everyone. We need the pursuit of holiness. I'm asking you to walk out of here and whatever it is in your life that you need to repent of, repent, man, for the sake of the kingdom of God and the city of man. Stop assimilating. If you've got sexually impure sexual impurities in your life, come on, walk out of here and say enough. Enough. I'm going to live a holy and pure life. If you're pursuing money, Above and beyond, now there's nothing wrong with money, but if you pursue it above and beyond everything else, above God, yes, stop. Stop living for monetary gain and live for spiritual vitality. That's why Jesus said, if you're going to be a Christ follower, you're going to seek first the kingdom of God. When I lived in Zambia, Zimbabwe, there was a Zambian proverb that goes like this, little by little makes a bundle. This is the call on our life. It's amazing how many sticks an African woman can carry. The load. And the reason is it's one stick at a time. And you don't realize how heavy it's getting. And your body adjusts itself. They can carry enormous weight on their head. And we're talking for miles and miles. Little by little makes a bundle. We will not have the impact God has called us to have locally and globally until you put your stick in the pile. Everybody, little by little makes a bundle. A few cannot carry the load. When everybody uses their time and their talents and pursues purity, then we become an unstoppable force, just like the church was in the first century, just like it was in 300, just like it was in the Great Awakening. It can happen. Stop sniping from the bushes. Pursue holiness and purity, and we can change the world. This is our time. We're on the cusp, man. I come back fired up because I see what's happening. We are getting the gospel to the most remote places of planet Earth. You would not believe what's happening in places like Nepal and Bhutan and Bangladesh. It's amazing. The message is going out to the world through doors God has opened. And I pray that everyone, everyone would get the message from Jeremiah 29. Don't separate, but don't assimilate, permeate your sphere of influence with the gospel. Now is our time. Father, I thank you and praise you for the story of uh, the Babylonian captivity that would help us and teach us how it is we should live in a time when we think that we've been sidelined, alienated, that we are indeed exiled. Father, I pray that you would help us to see that you have called us for such a time as this. And the problem isn't the impurity of the world, it's us. When we truly become the church, we are unstoppable. The gates of Hades cannot prevail against it. When the people of God come together and use their time and their talents and their resources to change the world, I pray, Father God, in Christ's name, open our eyes that we might be agents of change in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining us. That's the end of our message called Truth and Love, about the call on Daniel's life to remain true to God and love the Babylonians. May we take up the challenge to retain integrity as believers, permeating our communities with God's love and truth. Join us next time for a new message from Pastor Jeff. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life.